Illinois and Georgia, in addition to both being bowl eligible now, have that in common. They also both control their national championship destinies. <laughs> it's remarkable. Do indeed. What's up, Georgia football fans? You are listening to episode 325 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My name is Scott Duvall, and on this post-game episode of the Georgia-Vanderbilt game, a game in which Georgia dominated from start to finish and won 55 to nothing, you'll hear my two co-hosts, Tony Waller and Will Leach, break down what they saw at Sanford Stadium, the good, the bad, and then they talk a good bit about looking forward and Tennessee's big victory over Alabama and what that game in Athens in a handful of weeks might look like. So it's a good post-game show, and here's Will to get it all started. Hello and welcome to the Waiting Since Last po- Waiting Since Last Saturday. That's what it's called. The Waiting WSLMS podcast post-game from Vanderbilt's 55-nothing loss. I'm waiting with Vanderbilt because our fan listeners are such big Vanderbilt fans. I am Will Leach here with Tony Waller. And as we go into the open week, it's not a bye week. It's not like you like got a high seat and then get this week off. The correct term is an open week, not a bye week. But uh, I would just had a homecoming game, fifty-five to nothing. There was a lot. I wouldn't say uh, when when you listen to all the national college football po- podcasts, kind of wrapping up this week. I do not think they will be leading with the Georgia Vanderbilt game. So we'll get to some of that stuff. But on the whole. Uh, Tony, uh, first off, hi. Uh, secondly, I'm sorry I didn't see you yesterday because uh, you were. Uh, I had I had guests and uh, and you were you were doing the, you were you were basically being the the superstar of uh, international law and education that you are. Um, how what did you think of the game? What did you think of the vibe? Uh, start with start with the game. Fifty five nothing, and more to the point, came out hot and did what they needed to do. Yeah, this is this is what number one teams do against their match opponents, right? This is. This is the game that we had hoped to see against Missouri or um, maybe even Kent State. And I, I took the opportunity to rewatch the game this morning, just like a quick run through. And it is interesting how it feels totally different watching this game on replay, how I, I, I see more mistakes than I saw yesterday live. Then uh, when you flip that Missouri game, it, it was like, I felt like the game was a bunch of mess. And then I rewatched the replay. And I was like, Oh, we played pretty well. We just blew some opportunities. Um, anytime you hold any sec opponent, move this Vanderbilt to one, two, three, four, five, six, three and outs. Um, another, uh, drive for negative yardage. And their longest drive was a, a 50 yard drive that ended on a fumble, which is their, their, their best drive. I think, um, that they, they, they kind of slashed up there with that little running game. Um, then offensively, you know, Brett Thorson punted once. He did so spectacularly, a 36-yard dime inside the 15. Um, and the only other drive that didn't go for at least four plays and in the in a touchdown was the kneel down at the end of the first half. Again, I am perfectly fine. We discussed this at the tailgate a few minutes before I had to leave to go up to the law school. Um, how fun and interesting it is that, first off, none of us are surprised that Georgia jumped Alabama. We'll talk about that. Uh, and, and Ohio State in the rankings. Um, it kind of has flown under the radar nationally as well. And the fact that the entire media landscape has uh, just as like looked at Georgia being Vanderbilt 55 to nothing and yawned about it is uh, it's a very cool place to be. 
Yeah, it is very uh, the game. So I mean, the ones it's what you want to do against Vanderbilt, right? And this is yes for the record, absolutely what, what Alabama did against Vanderbilt. They went fifty-five to three at home. But this is not what, say, Mississippi did against Vanderbilt. And so it it did feel after wins that were definitive but still felt listless. And frankly, even the Auburn start, I wouldn't say listless is fair, but it certainly was not this, right? Like they didn't come. They seemed to me that they came out flooring it. And they came out like ready to really kind of lay it down in a definitive way. And then it was fine. And then they 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 did that and then they got to keep the shutout, which is always exciting. It's all that's that's all anytime you have one of these games, you always feel like the, one of the the subplots is do they keep the the shutout? They might not have gotten if Vanderbilt's kicker could have made a field goal at the end of the second half, but more to the point, it was pretty much well all, all set up for them. And I think a lot I'm curious because you know, one of the things we talked about when we were concerned, start with the offense first. We were concerned about the offense. It wasn't so much the offense had like lost its skills or they couldn't play anymore as much as it was there was a little fly that was getting in the ointment. Things were getting a little messed up with their tempo. That did not seem to be the case yesterday. And I would argue even more so, I think that the thing that was really fun about it was they the thing that you want to see is them using the talent, right? Like using the talent that you have, having a moment where like, oh, okay, well, there is the Gilbert game, right? There's the Dar- Darnell Washington game. Uh, there's Blaylock getting a touchdown. That to me was the fun part about this. Not so much that they want scored 55 points, but you're like, oh yeah, okay. That's the Washington game we've been waiting for. Okay, Blaylock is catching a touchdown. Gilbert's back. Uh, that was the thing that excited to me is reminding you that, oh yeah, Georgia is super, super talented and uh, they have all these weapons. And here's a reminder. Yeah. And uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I felt like they played, they communicated better and played a little more peacefully as a unit. There's still some things to clean up. There still isn't, you know, uh, somehow some sort of weird, get your arms around them and like get slung off by a little receiver uh, a couple of times. Uh, didn't, didn't cost a touchdown like it did against Auburn. And then there were a couple other times where there were broken coverages and we got, uh, probably got a break or two along the way. But overall, the defense, I thought the defense played really well and played, they communicated well. And, and you could tell they were, they're trending towards being on the same page. Um, and, and keep in mind that is without the anchor of the defense there, um, with Carter out still, uh, which in my mind frees up because you can move, um, I can't think of it as been playing in the middle there. But you can move him out to the outside a little more. And also, he, he won't have to play quite as many uh, snaps. Um, overall, I, I thought this was a, um, I thought it was, it was it, you know, it, it was interesting. Uh, it's it's so weird. Um, you're sitting up in 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 the sky suites because you're, you're almost walled off from the crowd in a way. But you, we had the windows open, and, of course, but. Um, I was surprised because you get a full birth eye view from up there. And the stadium was mostly full, probably 95% yeah. full at kickoff. And considering, and maybe at the time we were considering the Braves were getting their eyes beat in by the time we got kicked off. Uh, and But there was also a, another big, important game going on that, that uh, may affect how Georgia, the end of the middle of the end of Georgia season played. Um, but I thought it was, I thought it was a good crowd. And Will, what, you know, what was the vibe like sitting in the crowd? Yeah, I have to say the crowd was good, uh, and you know, I, and listen, this has been something that that we've talked about a little bit. The idea of that, like, it can be hard to get up for these games, right? It can be hard to, and you see it from the fans sometimes too. And the ultimate nightmare scenario of that is, of course, what happened in South Carolina uh, versus South Carolina a couple of years ago, 
But even sometimes, it's, you know, the vibe just feels off. I didn't think that was the case. I think it's a combination of it being homecoming, having it be a 3.30 start. Like, the, it's uh, the, having a homecoming that's 3.30, I think everyone kind of appreciates. I think you get you, you get to have the full experience in the full day and still have it not go till midnight and uh, and have it and 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 have it be feel perhaps bigger than a Vanderbilt Georgia game might feel for a noon game. And I thought it was a good vibe. The place was hot. I, I I have to say I thought they were really into it in a way that I did not think they were into it for Kent State or South Carolina. Again, part of that's homecoming, but part of that I think is also recognizing and I'm and this is maybe a, a good transition into really the real story of the weekend it's another sign i think when you combine the vulnerable vulnerability yeah, vulnerability the vulnerability that we saw against missouri and some of the listlessness that we've seen but also the obvious talent that this team has and the fact that they're number one in the country combine that with oh well looks like uh in three weeks and again you don't know what's gonna happen georgia's got florida uh tennessee has some games uh between now and then, but it certainly feels like Sanford Stadium is about to host maybe the biggest game since I've moved here in three yeah, weeks. I, so, I, and I, I think, think, the, I, think I think it's I think a vibe the about top that. I think it's the first top top on matchup in probably forty years. If, yeah, if, and if my and, quick and, research is right, and of course, obviously, people didn't know that Tennessee was going to do that during the game. But I think that, like, the thing that we talk, well, again, we'll get, we'll talk about Tennessee in a second. But I do think that, you know, listen, I've, I've joked with my wife about this. She's like, well, is, is this ever going to be one of those games that's close? Because after all of last year and then like the beginning of this year, and of course, we don't want them to clo- be close. We want Georgia to win all the time. But then, never, nevertheless, dials down the urgency a little bit when it feels like oh well this is totally set we got nothing to worry about i think this is something worth keeping keeping in mind but the expanded playoff to be honest the idea of, of that kind of urgency if you feel like if they're expanded playoff i don't think george would be sweating anything about that game in three weeks it'd be exciting but both teams would probably already be in, in, in that in that playoff i think what's fun about that and i think what i think the growing vibe to this season is is that now georgia does not feel invincible but they also don't feel disappointing. And I think that's kind of the strike zone, right? It's a team that you see that obviously has a lot of talent, but you can see like, oh, they, they're going to get better. There's still stuff they got to work on. And I think that's exciting, particularly when there's now obviously increased competition in a way that didn't feel like necessarily, particularly obviously in the SEC East. Yeah, remember in August when we thought the home schedule sucked? Yeah, um, that happens every year. It's just like the Mississippi State game a few years ago. We're like, oh, this is going to be terrible. Now, to be fair, I do not think this means that Ball State is going to be awesome next year. I mean, you get really fired <laughs> up with that schedule now. But I do think there is something to the idea of the schedule often looks bad until it isn't. And now, oh boy, that game in three weeks. But maybe, maybe this, I, 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 one last thing on Georgia before we get into the Tennessee thing, because I think we obviously want to talk about that. To me, like this was, I think uh, Seth Emerson drank. Uh, tweeted about this, but like this definitely felt like the when you see uh, Washington's reel uh, after he's drafted, there's like two or three plays from this game. This is the game that we've been like, it's it's funny that guy that big, we see him like jump over people all the time. What was fun is you saw the nimbleness of that without like the gimmick degree. He, you looked at him, you're like, oh, this guy is going to be like a huge weapon in the NFL at tight end. You you started you got past the massiveness of us of him and realized, oh, this dude's awesome. Yeah, I th- I'm glad you brought that up because I, I everybody's gonna highlight you're gonna talk about the one-handed catch, but I think the better catch was the catch where he reached around. It was intentional like uh, you know inside shoulder throw 
he reached around the defender, grabbed the ball with the defender's hands, in, like arm with leverage inside, brought the ball in, controlled it, and stayed in bounds. Yeah, that and, that's was, not, that's, 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 and that's not a play you make because you're tall. No, no, right. you make a play because you're a heck of a receiver. Yeah. Um, and and uh, you know that leads to something else. Stetson was throwing dimes. There were a couple passes that sailed him on him, but he was much more locked in. He was much more. He was much more deliberate at going through checkdowns and going through his progressions. And uh, I can only count just a couple of passes that were uh, like truly on him. I mean, there were some. There were a couple of times where he was clearly under pressure. He was trying to get the ball off and, and threw the ball to his feet. Uh, but uh, for the most part, he was throwing dimes. And Carson Beck came in and looked like. I, I had the recurring thought watching him play. I was like, you know, if something happens to Stetson, we might be fine. Um, and that that's a really good place to be. And I think you're right. I, I think you hit it on the, the nail on the head. This team not only has expectations, they're also not disappointing. And, um, you know, that could change if we get blown out by Florida or, or you know, any of the other teams. But today, sitting here October 16th, I, I like where our team is. I like being a fan of this team. And it's, it's still fun. Okay, so let's talk about the Alabama Tennessee game, which, listen, the Georgia players were talking about as well, so I don't feel like we're uh, being rude here. Um, that was something else, man. You know, I, I it's funny. There's certain things that you uh, – obviously, it was, uh, it's funny. Today, yesterday was a great college football day. It was also a terrific baseball day. It was just a pretty incredible sports day, really, on Saturday. And it was funny. There was something about – I love big, huge, pivotal sporting events that involve weather or like some sort of like the Padres game. It started raining and they finally beat the Dodgers. And it felt like they'll always talk about it's like the rain game. That sky at the Tennessee game was like incredible. Like it just felt yeah. like everything was just like really lining up for it to be a truly special night. That's the peak of the face experience in a lot of ways. Like Tennessee may or may not beat Georgia. They may make, may or may not make the playoff. And we'll be able to talk about all the ramifications of that. But man, like that is like, that's an all timer moment for them in every possible way. Really kind of no matter what happens. I mean, it's better if they beat Georgia and they go to the national championship than their LSU from a few years ago. But uh, that there is that moment when, it, when a team and a franchise breaks through and uh, it's hard to do it better than, than with that fan base going crazy uh, in their overalls uh, against Alabama. Yeah, I mean, you, you brought up the Padres. You could say the Phillies also did that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. That is, uh, it, it was it was a fun sports day. I was the 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 the, the awesome part about being able to sit up up there. I was able to watch the end of that game, uh, the Tennessee uh, Alabama game, and it was it was crazy. It was a um, it was a it was such a crazy back and forth affair in that um I I don't hesitate to say this. Josh Heupel outcoached Nick Saban. Yeah. Um in in yeah, I think Alabama is definitely not where we thought we thought they were gonna be. Uh, but Tennessee is much, much better than I would have given them credit for. Um I uh I, I I'll I'll take a I'll take a you know fifty one forty eight win uh over them. And you know, a thousand yards of offense. Um, and that was that was something else. And it was a it was a super fun day. I mean, your Illini, for example, beat uh, Minnesota. Uh, and probably yeah, they're, they're, they're bowl eligible, baby. Listen, yeah, I've said this eligible. before. 
Illinois and Georgia, in addition to both being bowl eligible now, have that in common. They also both control their national championship destinies. <laughs> it's remarkable. Do indeed. Yeah. By the way, if you if you had Illinois Purdue circled, uh, I think that game is at um, is that is that game at Ross State or is it? No, it's Illinois. It's Illinois. Yeah. So if you had that game circled, uh, I guess the same weekend we play uh, at Mississippi State as the the you know for the the right to go in. And play against the winner of Michigan, Ohio State. Um, you are you're doing better than the rest of us. And then Utah, what they did against Southern Cal, um, you know that was a very impressive win for them. Uh, Clemson uh, fighting hard against Florida State, um, and it was sets up a six and zero versus six and zero Syracuse Clemson. If you had that circled last year, um, Kentucky getting um, Will Levis back and beating Mississippi State uh, and kind of out physicaling them. Which is what you would expect. It would, it would have been hard to see considering how well Mississippi State's been running the ball. Um, you know, Oklahoma, who we broke off after the Red River shutout last week. Um, I can't take credit for that. That was, that was, uh, uh Dan, um, at the solid verbal came up with that. I'm mad at myself. I'm not kidding. But it was, it was a fun college football day. Um, and, and I, I, I was, uh, to loop back to Alabama, it was weird watching Nick Saban talk about all their goals being still in front of them like jarring weird <laughs> he actually used that term during this post game press conference and um it's uh it's setting up to be a really fun look there's totally a world where alabama and georgia uh or alabama and tennessee and in a lot of ways tennessee winning that game gives georgia some flexibility <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to make the college football playoff if they lose um just because just because, you know, with, at that point, which you're gonna, which of the one loss teams you're gonna take, right? Uh, especially if Tennessee beats Alabama, and that makes Alabama two loss team in the SEC championship. Uh, and then the last thing, uh, I'm on this little screen. You're right. If this is a 12 game playoff, yesterday was fun, but the impact's different because both of those teams probably still are very much in line to make a 12 team playoff. Um, and the same goes for you know Georgia Tennessee in a couple of weeks. Um, but in the 14 playoff, it still matters an awful lot, and it's going to be a fun couple of weeks. Tennessee, by the way, has Kentucky while we're playing Florida. Uh, and I think they play uh, Tennessee plays Tennessee Martin. And my internet research is correct. The Tennessee Martin is not also a playwright. Yeah, not actually T. Martin, former quarterback for Tennessee. It's actually yes, it's not cool. the same guy. That's U.T. Martin. All different, all yes. different thing, all different thing. Um, yeah. So, by the way, before, I'm glad you mentioned Illinois because uh, I listen. I, I I feel like we have so much to discuss when it comes to Tennessee and Georgia going into the game. They still have Florida. They have a week off. We're not going to do a show this week, by the way. Uh, we're take a week off uh, because uh, we need to rest for the home stretch as well. Uh, but certainly, when it comes to um, when it comes to Tennessee, we have plenty of time to preview what really just looks like it's going to be. It's going to be an absolutely insane game. Uh, I'm assuming Georgia and Tennessee continue to go there. Uh, but one thing before we talk about Illinois, can I give a little shout out uh, to Katie or Brassafras on Twitter, uh, who she describes herself she describes herself as a UGA alum, proud USCG and USA Navy sister. Instagram is just Sky Mall for the grounded. Cheap laughs there are free. Tweets assuredly are hers. She, of course, has a national championship in her logo. And she says, she shout, gives a little wave emoji, waves to at 7-6 apparel. 
fan of WSLS podcast here in honor of William F. Leach's Illini going bowling. You should do an Illinois shirt. How about I'm a Burt Lever or I'm a B-I-L-L Lever or something more infinitely creative than those confused emoji i never uh, embarrassed emoji i never know quite that emoji. maybe cringe emoji i never know what emoji that is go align the seven six apparel which by the way is a uh is like some great shirts um responded that customs are always available but uh now i'm i I, i'm pushing this man i'm pushing this uh uh, a wsls illinois shirt it feels like yeah i i don't feel like they need a long a, a particularly large run of them they don't have to make a major press of them, but uh, but certainly uh, the, as much as I, I I love all the stuff. And listen, there's no more brave shirts. People are going to want any brave shirts for a while. Get some Georgia shirts. Get some Illini shirts. Good for Seven Six Apparel for sponsoring this podcast and hopefully making a Burt Lever shirt, which I do kind of like. Or or you know what I would like to see maybe a borderline erotic. A borderline erotic would be a good one. That's that's uh, that's uh, Brett Bielema's famous famous borderline erotic phrase. That Minnesota game was very borderline erotic in a lot of ways. Uh, borderline like seven six apparel shirt. I'd be happy to see that. Yeah, and if uh, if you decide that you don't want to do the, uh, the the small run of the Illinois uh, borderline erotic, which I would be down for if they didn't do an orange, uh, you can also check out their collection because they're uh, universal. I'm sorry, they're exclusive collabs where they they do work with Kenny McIntosh, Jack Palesny. Jalen Walker, C.J. Smith, uh, William Moat, and Random Turnigan, and uh, you can you can see all the things there. And Will, I know you know this, but just to make sure people know, if you enter WSLS at checkout, you get free shipping. I have a uh, seriously. My son is sitting next to me right now, and he's shirtless. And he's, <laughs> don't don't give up the bit. Don't give up the bit. Uh, he's going, Papa, Papa, Papa. Papa. <laughs> okay, fine, <laughs> fine, fine, fine. He currently is he is clothed. But if he weren't, Seven Six Apparel would be a great place for him to get some clothing, Papa. And thank you to Katie at Brassafras on Twitter. When Illinois and Georgia play each other in the playoff this year, uh, it's going to be a tough day. In WSL podcast land, WSL uh, podcast land, but uh, that definitely feels like a special seven six apparel shirt waiting to happen. All right, so we are off. We're going to be off this week. We're going to be off. Everyone's get everyone can rest. It's the Ath half this weekend, by the way, which is why one of the reasons they always have it this weekend is because they have it the week when they are off. And then it's Florida, and then it's Tennessee, and then it's Mississippi State, and then it's Kentucky, and things are getting serious folks uh to say the very very least that was fun but you had a good time how how was all the law stuff yesterday positive everything went well we had a, a big crowd at the law school tailgate i uh, ran into some uh some listeners there and i appreciate everybody saying hello um well it was another chamber of commerce day uh yeah, you cannot yeah. ask for for many days as nice as we had have had the past two home games um uh, and uh I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, you know, stretch my legs a little bit, get a little, get a little off week, a little open date time, um, and uh, and looking forward to to getting down to Jacksonville. 
it was uh i watched mo- the i missed most of the tailgate because i was watching the illinois minnesota game to be honest i uh we had we had our friends uh, miller and easton and Lindsay and simmons in town for the weekend a very very good time uh very very welcomed uh some nice pictures i uh miller and his family got in the field and got to meet kirby i think they'd met kirby before but they got to shake hands before the game for the game and he was very welcoming with his time which i think was very appreciated by them and i got to drop briefly by the tailgate saw my man ned underwood Saw Robert Wolf, saw the crew. Shout out to Ned. Uh, good times all around. But uh, yeah, so we're going to be off. So relax. Uh, we we uh, we will not see you for another week. So we use your time wisely. However, however, Tony, the front office pools is still open. You still like you're still going to do one this week. So people need to fill it out. Yes. Yes, they should. I was just setting that up, and uh, we have a new leader. Oh no, so. who is it? It moved. Um, a, a quick look here says, "Oh, it's Tony Waller is now the Oh season. my goodness! Really? I had, I, had a, I had a great week. Yeah, had a great week. I'm I'm now one point ahead of UGA fan oh, uh, who had also goodness. also had uh, he had a he had a fun week. It's just I had a week. so goodness. Uh, I was gracious. surprised. My last night, uh, my wife was like, "You had a really good week. You're we're fourth." I'm like, oh, "Okay." When I checked it this morning, I am now one point. Uh, uh, ahead of UJ fan. Goodness gracious. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that, uh, that um, having the person that puts together the pool and, uh, and counts all the votes being in first place. I'm just saying, I'm just saying in this age, in this age of a lack of faith in institutions, I trust Tony Waller. <laughs> what you should trust Tony Waller to do is screw up something big time about three weeks down the road and only score seven points. Well, this is a key week for anyone who wants to catch up because I guarantee you, because we're not doing a midweek podcast, there will be people that will forget to fill this out. So this is a good yep. week to make a jump. So I am uh, I'm 18 myself, which is not too bad. I think it's awesome. Center. You had a very good day, too. Uh, and the though I did get Illinois wrong because I thought uh, Tommy DeVito was not going to play. Well, I would have picked Illinois if Tommy if I thought Tommy DeVito was going to play. When I saw DeVito was going to play, I changed it uh, Saturday morning before I left for the tailgate. I'm yeah, very happy I did. <laughs> I should have done that. Um, okay, last thing, by the way, uh, we'll get a game time tomorrow. We will get a game time for Tennessee. <laughs> we'll get game time for it. I believe we'll get game time for it. Is that, that right? I think that's right. Right. Yeah. The Tennessee game time will come out uh, next uh, month, a week from Monday. Okay. So not uh, tomorrow, not tomorrow, not tomorrow. No, that's, uh, that's Georgia Florida weekend, which is okay. already set at so, well, so, so, but we might as well predict uh, it though. Right. Because it's going to uh, be three 30. That's oh, a three yeah. 30 CBS yeah. kickoff. Yeah. There is a, I just cannot possibly imagine a world where it's not. No, oh, it's gonna be good times. It's gonna be good times. Yeah. Gonna get there first, though. Gonna get there first. All right, uh, Tony. Have a great week. Uh, happy homecoming, everybody. Hope everybody had a good time. As I said, we're off this week, but we'll be back uh, the uh, the week of, I guess, Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, I guess basically the week of Thanksgiving. The uh, to preview. You mean Halloween? The, oh, sorry, not Halloween. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yes, Halloween. We will be back before Thanksgiving. Sorry about that. Yes, we will be back Halloween before the week before Halloween to preview the Florida game. So uh, enjoy again. Use your time wisely, America. And uh, we will uh, talk to you next week. So until then, hey, everybody, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Make sure to go to our podcast sponsor, the76.com or 76apparel if you're on Instagram or Twitter. And order a shirt, kind of like what Will and Tony were talking about. Use code WSLS at checkout for free shipping. And yes, don't forget... 
Make your picks in the fun office pools this week. And I do think that it would be a good week to gain on some people because without a doubt, somebody's going to forget. But not you. Not you listening to this program. And we'll be back in probably a week. I would like to say that it'll be actually on October 26th that you'll hear our next show. So, yeah, we're taking a little bit of a break, but uh, it's just because the dogs are taking a break. But don't take a break on us. Make sure to share it with your friends and, and neighbors and fellow dog fans about the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. We'll see you on campus uh, in a few weeks for a very big game. And until then, go dogs. Thank you.